Happy New Fear and welcome to 2018 and to me bringing in the new year I'm looking at counter cult classics such as Christine, The Prince of Darkness, They Live and today's movie The Fog. Oh yeah, hello and welcome to here Johnny's Reviews, my look at arguably John Carpenter's second best movie The Fog. Before I dive into this 80s cult classic, I have a theory that Jim Lee Curtis's character in this is actually Laurie Strode from Halloween. And maybe Tom Atkinson's character is John Strode's father from H2O. Anyway, on to the movie itself with a $1 million budget and pulling in $22 million, which was allegedly a flop, even though he made $21 million profit to hell, cementing its cult status. This was John Carpenter's follow-up to The Great Halloween. This movie is also one of only two times Janet Lee and Jim Lee Curtis are in the same movie, the other being The Great Halloween H2O. So with that, blast the foghorns and light the fires, let's dive into The Fog. Starring Adrian Barbeau, Jim Lee Curtis, Janet Lee, Tom Atkins, Hal Holbrook, Nancy Loomis and John Houseman, directed by John Carpenter. The plot. On the 100th anniversary of the town's founding, vengeful ghosts of a betrayed forefathers return to get revenge on the town and get their stolen gold back. Can the ghost be stopped or is the sleepy little coastal town doomed? The movie comes up on an egg on poor quote is all we see or seem, nothing but a dream within a dream. Then the great John Counterstroke kicks in, and I gotta say, I love this theme. It is so creepy and yet so minimalist and atmospheric. It's just great. It then shows a pocket watch and a group of kids huddled around the campfire listening to a ghost story from a crusty old captain. Sea captain, that is. Played by the late John Houseman, as he tells the story of the town and how it was founded on a betrayal. And this is my one problem with this movie, well, one or two problems with it, but this one's my main one. How does he know the story of the town and the betrayal if the journal from the forefather priest was actually hidden in the church's wall for over a hundred years? Hmm, interesting. Moving on. As the clock strikes midnight on the 21st of April, 1980, all hell breaks loose as poltergeist activity shakes the town's stores and sets off car alarms and ringing public telephones, etc, etc. Meanwhile, at the local church, and spot John Camder as a Bennett the church hand. As a radio DJ welcomes in the town's 100th birthday, the local priest, Father Malone, played by Hal Holbrook of Creepshow, Lincoln, and multiple TV shows, pours himself a glass of port, and then is attacked by a poltergeist as it knocks a piece of stone from his stone wall to reveal the town's hidden, shameful past in a priest's private journal which was his great-grandfather's. As all this portuguese activity is happening, do we hear the local DJ's voice playing smooth jazz in the background, by the by. As in a truck driving up the winding coastal roads, do we meet Nick Castle, played by Tom Atkins of Halloween 3, My Bloody Valentine, 3D, a movie I covered several years ago, check my archives. Maniac Cop and Creepshow, as he picks up a hitchhiker Elizabeth Solly, played by Jim Lee Curtis of Halloween, Prom Night, True Lies and Scream Queens. And this is why I think she is Laurie Strode, because she says she's been hitchhiking to get away from her past and she doesn't like to be in the same spot for more than a few days. Hmm, is she Laurie Strode? Hmm, hmm. As she's driving down the road, the truck suddenly stops and the windows blow out in a show of paranormal power. This also leads to the point that 
much like in Hitchcock's The Birds, where all hell breaks loose after an attractive woman comes to town. This same thing happens here, so is this a kind of copy of The Birds? Mm, I'm not sure. Meanwhile, up at the town's lighthouse, do we finally meet the voice of the local DJ, Stevie Wayne, played by Adrian Barbody of Swamp Thing, Creepshow, Escape from New York, and multiple TV shows and video games. And note, she was married to John Carpenter at the time, and indeed this role was written for her specifically. On the telephone, she flirts with the town weatherman, Dan O'Bannerman, played by Charles Cyphers of Halloween, Escape from New York, and Assault on Precinct 13, which was Carpenter's first movie. He tells her that a fog bank is approaching on a trawler, and this sets up the first kills of the movie, as said trawler is attacked by the fog, then the ghosts of the dead townsfolk from 100 years earlier shop to slice and dice them, and spot Buck Flower as the ship's captain, an actor who has played many a bum and or drunkard, including in They Live, a movie I'm covering much later this month. And note, these death scenes were added after filming to add more gore and scares, and including, also note, most of the names of the characters are Camter's friends, and what makes, what makes even, work mates, such as Tommy Wallace, Nick Castle, and Dan O'Bannon. The weatherman phones again to tell her the fog bank is moving west against easterly winds. Back with Nick, as he has now bedded Elizabeth, and my god that was quick, and this f throws more fuel onto the fire that he is indeed John's father. She's showing him sketches of all the places she's been in the past several months. Then ghosts show up at his house, but luckily for him he doesn't answer the door, as clock strikes 1am and it just disappeared into the fog. The next morning, Stevie's son Andy, played by Ty Mitchell, of Well This and Halloween 2, as he's the kid with the rubber blades in his mouth through the apple, wakes her up to show her a piece of wood that magically transformed from a gold coin. Also that morning, Nick takes Elizabeth down to the docks to check out his fishing boat, but the dockmaster tells him it never returned, so they got to find it. Meanwhile, the town Local busybody Jessica Fletcher type, Kathy Williams, played by the late Janet Lee of Psycho, a movie I covered last year, check my archives, H2O, a touch of you, and a Manchurian candidate to barks orders at her assistant, Sandy Foddle, played by Nancy Loomis of Halloween, Halloween 3, and Assault on Precinct 13. She wants this 100th anniversary party to go as smooth as ice and doesn't want any cock ups. That afternoon, in her very 70s Jeep, which is actually a VW thing, Hmm, was that Carpenter's sly nod to his next upcoming movie, The Thing? Hmm. Stevie heads back to her lighthouse radio station, as on the radio she hears Nick's fishing boat isn't responding to radio calls. On the sea, heading to the missing trawler, Jimmy Lee and Tom Atkins, they board the boat, finding it empty, but has mysterious water in the engines. They look around, finding all the equipment smashed and the boat is boat is completely abandoned. As Janet Lee heads to the church to be spooked by the priest who is drunk and rambling about his great-grandfather's hidden journal. Note, Janet Lee's reactions here to Hal Holbrook were real. She was ill at ease around him and indeed thought he was a bit off. So Father Malone tells Mrs. Williams the dark history of the sleepy fishing town that 100 years earlier they did a deal with a rich leopard to help fund the new town. Unfortunately, the town elders didn't want a colony of leopards to be anywhere near their town and hatched a plan to kill them all and steal their gold. Meanwhile, back on the boat, Nick and Elizabeth find the crew a missing and completely abandoned, except for one 
crew member who was stabbed to death and slashed up in a pretty good jump scare that Jim Lee uses her infamous Scream Queen lungs to punctuate. Back with Stevie, returning to her radio station to sit up for that next broadcast. And note, the stairway down to this roulette house in somewhere in California has 365 steps straight down a sheer cliff down to the lighthouse. That must have been fun going up down these stairs daily. She's listening to promo tapes as a piece of driftwood her son found earlier turns into the nameplate the Elizabeth Dane, the ship that the leopards were on, as poltergeist activity floods her tape deck with supernatural water. It tells her six must die and then explodes. Nick and Elizabeth take the body of the deckhand that scared Elizabeth earlier back to shore to have an autopsy on it. Stevie calls her house to warn her son to stay away from the rocks. Also, if his babysitter has arrived yet, the babysitter being Mrs. Kroberts, played by Regina Walden. On to the doctor's office and autopsy of the deckhand, where the doctor concludes he died from stab wounds to the eyes and the face, and he has been dead underwater for at least a month, which was impossible because he was seen three days earlier by the same doctor. And as the doctor and Nick are discussing this, the body rises from the dead to attack Elizabeth with a knife scratching three onto the floor. The foghorns go off as the fog bank rolls and covering the coastal town. In a bar, the sheriff tells Mrs. Williams the Coast Guard is out looking for her husband and rest of his crew and because they have disappeared 24 hours earlier. Still, the show must go on and she goes out to give her speech. Nick calls into the radio station to warn her about the fog and how mysteriously and weird all this stuff has been happening around it as the fog rolls in coating the coastal town. The man is next as the fog covers his weather station and the ghosts slice him up after he doesn't heed Stevie's warnings about staying away from the fog. And note, this fog is actually beekeeper smoke mixed with other chemicals to make it stay much longer. Around much longer, even. Also, note the story idea came from Carpenter when he was at Stonehenge, as he saw a weird glowing fog bank. Mix this with his love of Lovecraft, and we have the fog. So, with Mrs. Williams giving her speech about the thriving community and the goodness it was built on, Stevie calls for the sheriff to warn him about the killer fog. Unfortunately, the fog knocks out the phone lines and indeed the power stations. Stevie notices the fog is rolling onto her house so she must kick her generator into action to warn her son about the killer fog. It's too late as the fog engulfs her home and the ghosts kill poor Mrs. Krobitz. With her generator now running, she screams into airways for her son to get out and for someone to come to rescue him. Luckily for him, Nick and Elizabeth do so. Unfortunately, the fog and the ghosts attack her at her lighthouse and she has to fight them off. Nick, Elizabeth and Andy barely get away as a truck is stuck in the mud and a ghost are approaching. They do however get away last minute. Stevie barely stays put in a lighthouse to warn the town to stay away from the fog and where it is heading. Mrs. Williams, her assistant, Nick, Andy and Elizabeth all head to the old church for safety. However, this is a trap as a vengeful ghost attack the church as a drunken priest tells them there's no place to hide or indeed run. And I love this score here. This is just perfect. This thing is the movie, basically. The score is everything in this. It is just so creepy and so atmospheric. Steve has to abandon her station and climbs to the roof, where she has to fend off several ghosts. Note, Adrian Barbody did this stunt herself and twisted her ankle while doing so and she was covered in minor cuts and bruises. As the ghosts attack the church, Father Malone takes a huge golden cross out of the wall, 
to the vengeful spirits to say sorry for what his great-grandfather did. The ghost captain takes the gold cross and a priest just in time as his shipmates were going to kill poor Stevie trapped on the metal roof of her lighthouse. The captain grabs a cross and it lights up and smokes out the priest. However, Nick pulls the priest away last minute and the cross explodes in a beam of light, taking the ghost crew with them. All was quiet, with the ghosts are now gone and the fog is heading out to sea. Stevie goes back to the airways to warn the boats out in sea about the fog. Faramon heads into the church only to be claimed by the ghostly ship's captain as credits roll. So, that was John Carpenter's The Fog, a little bit slow, but with great creepy atmosphere, this is one of his best great promises from both Janet Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis. This thing is a must watch on a dark and foggy night. A 7 out of 10. So come back next week for my look at Christine, the killer car movie based off of Stephen King's book. Then the rest of the month for my look at Prince of Darkness and They Live, starring the one and only Rowdy Rory Piper. And don't forget to leave a like, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Email me move suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcast of Omen, Psycho, Star Wars, Mad Max and more. Also my solo podcast of Rob Zombie's Halloween's Halloween 1978. Scream and a many and many more and a bye bye. Oh, and remember, stay away from the fog. The 2004 remake that is, it is bloody awful. <laughs>